Welcome everyone to this episode yeah. of Nerdables. This time we are discussing oh. the Flash firing Elongated Man, Aquaman comes out, HBO Max pulls superhero movies, Bill and Ted making an excellent trailer, The Last Starfighter is getting rebooted, Marvel's possible X-Men lineup, Hawkeye's working title is revealed, WandaVision resumes, and who might just be the all-female cast of Avengers for the MCU? Disneyland is also opening real soon. Obi-Wan's brother is a pilot, and there's lots of PlayStation news. Welcome, everybody. I'm Ari Rain. Joining me tonight is Chris. And Ethan may make an appearance a little bit later. Doing a Friday night recording this time. Is it really an appearance when it's just... I mean, I guess it's video, so that counts. I think you added something. You didn't give me the... Did you mention an HBO thing in your in your warm-up there? I, I did mention the HBO thing in the warm-up, but I didn't mention yeah, you, it to you because I saw it right after, and no, I thought you didn't. we really need to talk about that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the... Well, you know the order. I don't. I mean, even if I'm looking at it, I don't even remember what's going on anymore. <laughs> uh, so the Flash fires Elongated Man, um, which is an interesting story with what's going on in the world right now. Um, uh, was it Hartley Sawyer made a bunch of racist and misogynistic comments on Twitter, go figure, or at least they resurfaced. Sorry, they resurfaced on Twitter a few weeks past. And uh, yeah, those are go ahead. They're comments from 2014, if I remember 2012 right. 2012 to 2014, and he joined yeah, Flash well, in 2017. Yes. Let's see. Among Before them are references to sexual at. assault. Uh, as a lad, one of my favorite activities was kidnapping homeless women and cutting off their breasts. Wow. Racial comments. The only thing stopping me from doing mi uh, mildly racist things is the knowledge that Al Sharpton would never stop complaining about me. And then he also made a remark, things only women should be in. Twilight screenings, gynecologist offices, and Porsches. And they let him go for that. Yeah, well, you know. We've seen people he, be let go for that. He did post, you know, a big, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter thing about uh, how he's committed to being uh, part, you know, on the permanent part of change on the Flash and, you know, all of these things, which was before. I yeah, guess he wrote this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it was, it came out after that, that Tuesday, the Blackout Tuesday. I mean, a lot of, I think Grant Gustin made a, a statement and everyone kind of, uh, I mean, everybody does it and you're sort of wondering. Hey, well, here's we'll the see what happens in the future. I, I'm really surprised that, you know, after we've seen things with James Gunn and with, you know, some of these others that, you know, agents and managers are still not going back over people's feet, you know, cause I know that with, with Arabella, so her manager and agent both said, we need, you know, to know what her, all of her social medias are. We need to review them to make sure that, you know, she doesn't post anything or you guys post anything that would be detrimental to her career later on. 
yeah. I mean, honestly, it's that catch-22 of you need social media to first. But at the same time, you know, anything personal. And that's kind of what a lot of this is. It's just like not – don't write anything personal. Everything is professional. Everything is – you know, something along the lines of positive stuff and positive stuff about the show or movie or album or whatever you're doing. Right. But honestly, I th- if you're a celebrity, just get rid of all of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that the, the engagement on something like Twitter is worth you – know, for, for a, an actor as a – part of an ensemble cast like what what does he have a twitter for at this point you know what is he doing on twitter other than it being a personal you know the conduit for your personal life what what it would be for someone like you or for like me of just sort of you know talking about the world or something interesting or posting pictures of the t-shirts you're wearing like i do on instagram Mm -hmm. i just don't know where the 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 impetus comes from to make that kind of statement on Twitter, even eight years ago or six years ago, like where do you, if you're trying to have a career, I mean, I guess he's trying to be edgy. We see so many keyboard warriors and edge Lords that, you know, I'm sure there's some delusions of grandeur in the guys who won't stop complaining about how, you know, star Wars is just full of gay people now that they think they're going to be some sort of, media mogul or celebrity writer or something somewhere in the future. Yeah. But it's still, I just, I don't get it. I I never, it seems weird to me to, especially on a, on a platform, a written platform where tone is so disingenuous. It's impossible. Oh yeah. You can't tell somebody's being sarcastic or not. Yeah. We said things here that are sort of like, we can, you can tell. At least I think you can tell that we're kidding, you know, or that we're we're kind of in the moment, sure, of kind of pushing a pushing a joke or whatever. But and even then, probably would be something that a manager would cringe at, or a PR person would cringe at, or whatever. Well, even some but of the to, titles to that we online up with. and to be like, especially something like the Al Sharpton joke, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, anything that's just, just out of context doesn't work when it's a woman should only be in these three places. Like that's what context are you in? Yeah. Other than you're trying to get people riled up. You're trying to get people, you're, you're trying to get, you know, misogynists on your side. Like so much of these, I think tweets and, and responses and comments and stuff that we're seeing is just to see how many people are on, on your side. The, the stuff that we're seeing for, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 denials. How many guys are on my side when I say, China, this is all lie. China invented this and it's not real and the president is in on it. Right. Or, you know, the Star Wars publishing this week announced a certain point of view for Empire Strikes Back. The short stories and the first like 10 comments are all about, I wonder which character is going to suddenly be gay now. Who's with me? Because of what happened with heavily implied that Tarkin is gay. Tarkin, yeah. Which I have no problem with him being gay. I have a problem with him dating a stormtrooper because he'd never lower himself that far. 
Well, especially when you're uh, using a mouse droid that, going back to before. Talk about you know something that can be intercepted. The mouse droid I get, but you never date a stormtrooper. That's true. Like the way that you set him up, the man is high society to and ruthless. To, uh, first off, I don't think he'd ever be in a relationship, man He's or woman. Kind of asexual. It just would, it would take away from what he. Yeah, what he would be, unless he's he's maybe if the stormtrooper. I don't know. Anyway, it's in a, a way, it was like how Sheldon was in the beginning of Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's it's a it's off topic. Um, in terms of this, yes, I think if as soon as you're a celebrity, as soon as you get the job that you think you're going to be on, erase everything. Yeah, just dump it. Pay the money. Figure out how to get it off the servers, because we know that's. That's that's. Um, well, does it stay there if you delete your Twitter bots. account? It shouldn't, but it's harder to find at the very least. I mean, all this is is usually bots. That was right. what happened to James Gunn. Yep. Um, it, it's it's basically just a, a an algorithm program that will go through everything you've ever written on Twitter and pick out words like. Women, mm-hmm. girl, uh, uh, you know, slander words, right? Homophobic slander words, uh, racist slander words, and as soon as you find it, all you have to do is post it. Yeah, and then anything around it, you know, you find one or two, all of a sudden you're looking at just scroll through the whole year, and see what's there, right? And see what else he's posting because if he's posting one or two of these, maybe he's got three or four, maybe before he's got five or six. Maybe he has eight or ten. Yeah. So I think that's well. I mean, if there's it, just, just a couple that were be... that were done before you even you hired the guy, you know, I yeah. I, could, I mean, I can see if he was doing it while in production or you know while under contract. Oh, he probably had everything taken away from. Him. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's that's the point where it, it really is. I think once you're part of that, um. It's it, it's it's someone there is trying to guide you, control you, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, unless you're the president, um, <laughs> right? Exactly. Even his cabinet's going to be like, "What are you doing? Come on!" Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's and the thing with TV and the permanence of it. You know, we know James Gunn got his job back, but right. I don't see how you hire this guy again. And what do you do with the character? You know, now we're now we're in our second CW show that uh, that isn't um, that's, that's in some a sort of casting yeah. trouble. I mean, lucky, yeah, it's not the main character. Yeah, I mean, he's just part of Team Flash, you know. So he, you know, so you just don't go back to that character. Yeah. Which I mean, they they were doing some really interesting things with him too, especially for a character like Elongated Man. You know, I mean, he's he. They gave him enough layers and everything where it made it very interesting when he what he was dealing with and you know in situations that he was getting into. So it's you know it's a loss to that show, I think, but not a major loss. You know, characters come and go off that show all the time. You know, they haven't had Wally on yeah. there in years now. Well, yeah, because, again, guy who's left and come back and left. Uh, Violet Bean has left, what, twice? Yeah. Um, Joe, the, the actor who played uh, Joe, was sick. Yep. For a bit. 
or at least for health reasons. So yeah, outside of really the four, that is Cisco. Uh, who's who's the other scientist? The well, woman, Killer Frost, yeah, is her all, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, but what's the? Uh, oh my goodness! Name. Uh, I can hear. I know the. I know the actress. It's a. Uh, is it Dana Pan Panabaker? Yeah, yeah. and but is she's pregnant, so you know, so she may be out more because yeah. she wasn't in as much this season, anyways. Yeah, and Candace Patton and Grant Gustin is like everybody else is kind of a revolving door. Yep. But it is, I mean, the less, I, I'm surprised how many haven't learned the lesson. Like, he's got to know even three years ago, you know, or the 2004, six years ago is his newest, his latest of what is there. Yeah. He's got to figure that stuff's still back there. But do you think that it's something like that maybe he didn't even remember he did? And so. That's what I'm saying. You have to remember you did that because you knew if he's trying to be. Um, if at the time he's trying to be a comedian, he's trying to be an actor. It's probably something he's doing to get some sort of notoriety. Sure. Uh, so you would think that he remembers. Oh yeah, for two years, I let you know ten terrible tweets off just to see if I could get someone to react. Right. Interesting. I don't know. I was just. I mean, you know, like you said, we've made, you know, we make off-colored comments. We've, you know, we've joked here and there and, you know, which somebody could go back and go, uh, you need to delete those or you need to, you know, but. Yeah, we, probably the first two thirds of our show to be erased. <laughs> the one, the one I did in the Apu voice. Yeah. I mean, the there's, I... there's many of those that, you know, and, you know, with. I did the Bane voice too, but that's not I don't want to call it oversensitivity now. I mean, I, you know, I know we are getting to the point where like they're wanting to get rid of you know, like Paw Patrol and things like that, you know, which is kind of, you want to get rid of Paw Patrol because it deals with their police officers. Well, that's different. Yes. But you know, but the sensitivity that we're under right now, you know, you could, anything you say that, I mean, anything you could say could, you know, even pull political could be taken by somebody and, you know, be very upsetting to them. Yeah, like when uh, when somebody figures out that Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine is suddenly very <laughs> political. Yeah. <laughs> love that tweet. Well, you're political BS. I used to love your music, but I'm not listening to you anymore. He's like, what music isn't political so we can remove it from our catalog? Like, yeah, I know, right? Where are you? It's the same thing with the, the SWJ accusations in comics. Like, you never read X-Men. You never read Spider-Man. You never read Justice League. You never read um, anything, really. You know, you never read Wonder Woman. I mean, the X-Men have always been a, an allegory for all of the outsiders, but especially gays and minorities. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, everything. with The, the legacy virus was still, I had people, even now, don't get, like, the legacy virus was AIDS. Yeah. It struck you. It struck you only because you were a mutant. That's the only way you could get it. And everybody was afraid. And obviously AIDS doesn't only affect. But the narrative for so long was that, oh, it only affects gay people. And well, then people freaked out when they figured out that straight people could get it. Well, just and look in the at, Legacy just look Virus storyline in X-Men, that was the big thing. 
the way the, way the uh, government was towards the X Men, the way the you know where average well, no, the average people. The, the big thing for the legacy virus was the idea that the the hatred was the the flames of hatred were fond with the idea that it could hop to normal humans, and the same thing happened with AIDS in the late '80s and into the '90s was right. the quote unquote gay disease was infecting heterosexuals because, of course, it, it has nothing to do with being gay. It has to do with fluid contact. And they use that to further distance heterosexuals from homosexuals, mm -hmm. of the idea that, you know, as long as we don't have gay people, we don't hang out with gay people, then we can't get it. And that was the same thing with mutants. So if we don't have mutants, the legacy virus can't get to us. Right. And that's what we could really just get rid of them. Well, speaking of gay mutants... <laughs> Or metas, uh, Aquaboy, Aqualad is coming out in the new DC YA graphic novel, uh, which is as uh, Alex Sanchez is the author who spent most of his teen years under uh, author Alex. Wait, wait, how's this art? Uh, let me see. Arthur, or, oh, wow. Author Alex Sanchez spent most of his teenage, year, teenage years underwater as a kid, a gay kid from Mexican immigrants, or immigrated family who relocated in Texas in when he was five years old. Scuba diving was how he coped with his adolescence. So, a lot of it sounds like this is going to be a. Um, a what's well, a good word for it? Um, Self-imagining book in or self-telling book as a graphic novel. It's informed by experience. Yes, there we go. Yeah, Alex Sanchez is not you know can't control water with his fists like Aqualad can. No, one of I don't even remember which Aqualad this is, but yeah, it's it's any character, especially when you, when you do these graphic novels. This is Garth. Yeah. Um, when they're, they're doing these, these YA books, the Ink and Zoom books, and since they're their own entities, I think that it makes it a bigger story when the main character of a OGN is, is gay um, and a character that has existed for a while. Again, this isn't uh, – it's not in continuity. No. Um, all these stories are, you know, just kind of – uh, they're just kind of playing off of the things that you already know of these characters that are, you know, these are the same type of characters, if not necessarily the same adventures that you followed, say, in Rebirth or New 52 or Pre-Crisis or whatever. But even for Aqualad, you know, the well, the Garth Aqualad, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be too much of a, a stretch for the, you know, or... Something is like, you know, like Iceman when, you know, all of a sudden they, uh, Marvel decided to make Iceman gay. Yeah, when Bendis wrote Iceman, he wrote him as gay, and I thought they missed a great opportunity with that, with the idea of Bobby feeling like when he was younger, he couldn't come out. And the idea in the real life is that, well, even if Bobby was gay in the 60s and 70s when we were writing X-Men, there's no way we could write that character, and now we can't. Right. And you know, there were a lot of people that really felt that that was forced because 
they didn't they didn't take your you know if they would have taken your advice if they would have listened to you or listened you know then to give it where he struggled with it and you didn't see it but if you look back over time you could maybe see you know oh well that could explain why he was like this or did this you know it makes the character it makes the coming the coming out of the character mean more yeah but I mean, this is since you're creating this as its kind of original story. Um, this character, as its iteration, would have always been gay. The thing right. that Marvel had the problem with is, you, or fans may have had a problem with the Marvel thing is you pull Bobby out of the quote unquote 1960s team, and when he gets here, because remember he's pulled out of time, mm-hmm. he he's he's uh, uh, he's gay. And yet, the Bobby that we followed since the "quote unquote" 1960s team has had like four girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> so you read some of the other ones, and you're just like, okay, well, and and then, but that's a real story too. I mean, how many people have we known? Uh, go back to the CW show. Uh, it's Cheryl Lee Lee from Supergirl this week had had shared her coming out story because her character is gay. Yep. But Cheryl Lee has been married, and I think she has two children. So. Yeah. You know, someone who has been living a life as a heterosexual uh, and, you know, obviously having children and, and being in a marriage with a man who is now, uh, not, not who is now gay, but, you know, who is who identifies as gay or has revealed herself to be gay. So, you know, this, it, that's, that's a real story, too, of masking uh, homosexuality in, in some ways or not even understanding it, not understanding you know, what, what's around it. But I just, yeah, the Bobby thing for me was always the missed opportunity of, of exploring the social differences between, uh, and media differences between what life would have been like to write Bobby in the sixties and seventies than what it was like to do it in the two thousands. And that, and they kind of touch on it a little in the new Bobby, the out of time Bobby and the current Bobby, you know, having older Iceman look at younger Iceman and go, wow, I wish, I wish I was that confident when we were in that time. But he comes here, and all of a sudden, it's like this isn't a, as big a deal. Yeah, and it's much more accepted in a in a, a thing. And also, the idea—I thought it would have been interesting, and, and I never really felt it from it—was that the idea that, um, uh, being gay would be much more accepted than being a mutant. Right. Like that would be kind of the funny thing in in the, in modern the, the some of the outsiders, some of the quote unquote others, and some of the minority groups. You know whether it's it's race, religion, gender, or sexuality, are so much more accepted now. Mm-hmm. And I think we get some of that in in the new X Men with Jonathan Hickman. Of these guys are like rock stars to a certain degree to, to some of the earth. Um, and uh, Kieran Gillen did this too when they were in and um, when Fraction was writing it when they were in San Francisco. There was a lot of that too. Is that they was, they were celebrities? Yeah, I was like that guy down the street can blow up a mountain with his eyeballs. That's awesome. You rock, you know, and then also a population that says that guy down the street can melt a glacier with his eyeballs. We should kill him. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of celebrity that's here, too. Like LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever, and I absolutely love him. Other people, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player, and he's an asshole. So we're going <laughs> to I do have to say, though, the panels they show for this for and I, I have no problem with them other than the fact that it's a YA book. So it, it the makeout scene might be a little 
intense in a YA Well, you got to remember the Catwoman book features an attempted suicide and the murder of a of a cat. Sure. So that was that was like the first one out of the gate. You're like, well, okay. They're definitely. I mean, what we what you and I would think of as acceptable, but also remember, you and I in high school were watching R-rated movies. That's true. So we look at it now, and I think that that you know the fog of age now, where we look at it like that can't be appropriate for a thirteen year old, and then realize like I was ten when I saw Rambo. Yeah. My parents didn't care. You know, I went to see Lethal Weapon when I was in high school with my dad, or Lethal Weapon Two, and there's just right in the middle of it. It's just a sex scene. Like, oh yeah, that is the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Well, I saw. I was sex ten or eleven. Like, saw Blue Lagoon. What's you that? Know, I said I was ten or eleven. I saw Blue Lagoon. Yeah. You know, I mean, sitting next to your parents. No. Yeah, see, I was sitting next to... It wasn't the first time I'd seen it, but I was going to see Lethal Weapon 2. And I had already seen it. I had gone with White Chocolate. And, like, we would... You know, Mom walked us in or whatever. It was like, whatever. And went to see something else. So we had seen it. My dad wanted to see it. And we go, and the movie starts. And then, you know, a third of the way through it, when they go to the MC building, Patsy Kensett, the actress, comes out. And I immediately think, oh, no. She gets very naked in about 25 minutes, and her and Mel have sex for like 10, 15 minutes. This is like a really long sexy. Uh, waiting, and it gets there, and I'm sort of looking away, like, okay, what am I? You know, I'm glad it was with my father instead of my mom. I'm yeah. Like, I'm gone. I'm, I'm leaving right now, mom. But yeah, I did last time too. Both Eric and I left the theater. <laughs> I swear. You I know, saw whatever. that was Alien. so incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I saw Alien when I was a kid. You know, uh, they never care about. They don't care about. You could see everybody get killed and stabbed and and incinerated and blown up and arms chopped off. But at the moment that the dude's like, "Hey, I want to put my uh, in your," I was like, "Get out of the room! You can't do it." Yeah, I saw Predator when I was younger and everything. No, it was crazy. You the know one what thing you with YA books is, is when you look at them, the art is gorgeous. Oh, and, the art's amazing. And it's presented well. And it's, it is something, you know, with all the, the craziness that has been going on with DC, this is just is something where this is a big focus of their their line, and a lot of it's been successful. The Mara Tidebreaker book is gorgeous. The um, it's, a, it's aimed towards a little bit younger, Diana is it Diana princess of Themyscira or something like, like that. I mean, I bought, a, I bought like three or four of these for Riley. Uh, my best friend's daughter is basically my niece, you know, the, the, the really young stuff, the stuff for, you know, superhero age, the, the superhero girls or whatever. Yeah. That kind of age group. But I sent her some stuff because this all looks great, but you can't produce this in the course of a month. That's really funny. There's how many people have looked. It's like, why can't all the comics look like this? Because, that person's been working on it for a year, and it's only forty pages. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah the title, twenty pages. It's in twenty-five days. The title of this is called "You Brought Me the Ocean," and it is it's out now. Oh, it's out all right. <laughs> I wasn't going for the pun, but okay. Got it. But you know what is out? A lot of HBO Max's superhero movies. They're yeah, already uh, is trash. They're already yanking movies because it's all previous exist uh, agreements. 
because I, I don't. It's I saw some of the titles like, what are you doing? Yeah. First off, you don't have everything, and then you have a lot of stuff that you feel like should be on DC Universe, and yeah. now you're losing some of it, and I don't know where it's going. There are 15 DC titles leaving the service. <laughs> I mean, I guess that should be the right thing, right? It's like all of them should be on DC Universe and HBO Max should be its own thing. But once you start creating original content for HBO Max and the Green Lantern series and what else, they're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Doom Patrol's on both channels, which that makes sense too. Like either put it on both channels or just put it on DC. Well, Doom, Doom Patrol's on, yeah, it's on both of them. And it's also on a Cinemax one, too. Because it said something in the Cinemax original series, and it showed Doom Patrol, and I was like, what? Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Well, it, it, it's obvious we've seen them now like put some of this stuff out in different forums uh, or different platforms because, you know, right now, because of the need for content for something like CW that's going to run Swamp Thing. Yeah. Or even, you know, Harley Quinn on sci-fi. You imagine a lot of these, you know, channels are looking for content wherever they can get it. Stuff that's already produced that's on a smaller streaming service. So it says uh, at least 21 of the DC titles will remain. Newer titles like Shazam, Joker, and Watchmen will stay. Um, oh, yay. Make sure everyone has access to Watchmen. But Bat- let's see, the Lego Batman movie, the 90s Batman movies, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman are among the titles leaving. Yeah, so like Wonder Woman leaving, I think, is a big thing. Yeah. For like, you, if you... The Superman um, movies are going and, and Batman movies are going. Yeah, it, that's stupid to me. <laughs> Unless we know they're ending up on... DC Universe. DC Universe. I mean, they also just pulled Gone with the Wind this week, but, you know, for other reasons. Yeah, it might not be the week to watch that. I, you, To be honest with you, I just uh, purchased it on uh, iTunes and downloaded it, because just in case they uh, they tried to change the content. Because you, you need that one? Well, Beth wanted Arabelle to see it as a, one of the classic movies of all times. And we didn't own it. So I was like, well, we might as well get it. See, films like that, my friend Ashley, who does one, two, I think she does 3,000 podcasts. But we were talking about Song of the South a while ago, and she mentioned it again with Gone with the Wind, is put those movies on your services. But Mm -hmm. put something with it that explains the historical context, not only of the subject, but of the time it's released that it was still something that didn't need to be addressed in a different way because it's just there. And you'd have a problem with something like Gone with the Wind to me is it's just representing that time. That's what that time is. Right. But to to, to, to not have something that addresses the issue, um... You know, if you have something that's that's beside it, something that you can also point to and say, okay, when when Gone with the Wind was released in the 1950s, 60s, uh, I think 70, it was 60? Early. 50? I think it was early. But when it was that. released, we weren't having this conversation, and so not having the conversation in the film was perfectly acceptable because 
it wasn't something that we were talking about in a way. Same thing with Song of the South. This was just entertainment that was put out, and even then it should have been problematic. This is why it sort of wasn't. I always point to um, the old the old Disney steelbooks, right? Gone so with the Wind was 1939. I was way off. You were was way off. off. At least 15 years. <laughs> um, that movie's pre-World War II? Wow. Yeah. Uh, but so when, when Disney was doing these steel books, steel books that were doing their smaller cartoons, shorts and stuff, there's one for all of the war propaganda in the, in the 1940s, speaking of World War II. And it opens with like a 20-minute dissertation by Leonard Malton about – you have to understand. So at the time, having stereotypical racial portrayals of the Japanese uh, uh, was something we were doing because we were sending people over to destroy the, to, to, to have bad portrayals of Italians in Germany. So he's trying to put into context, but those move those movies, those those shorts, those films, do have a historical context as a major studio was producing propaganda cartoons to release to the public all over this country to continue to support the war effort, to mm -hmm. demonize the enemy, to buy the war bonds, to, to make sure that we were building whatever we were building, to go to work yeah. when, you know, maybe even you didn't want to, no, you needed to. You, you, need, you wanted to go to work. You wanted to build the jeeps and the planes and the bombs and the guns and the rations and the meal plans and everything in order to get all that stuff out of there, uh, out to them. And so I think with something like Gone with the Wind, I think Gone with the Wind should be on that service. And not because, even, even so much as saying because there's some sort of um, uh, that it needs to be there and even just so much as it can help you have that conversation, like show it to Bella and then also have an hour long, you know, documentary or whatever nonfiction piece that explains a lot about what, why this movie is so well received, but also what are its problems? What are the things that it brings up? What are these things that Bella would look at now and, and think that's not, normal right you know this what what do you mean this you know why are they talking like to be able to have that conversation is that yes once upon a time people owned other people in this country well even Until song the of the south have been abolished almost everywhere song of the south was 1946 and you know even that movie it was that you know uncle remus was telling a white boy you know about a trickster rabbit and you know and he was yeah. trying to teach him a lesson with it, you know, a, a privileged white boy who wasn't supposed to be around black people and befriended Uncle Remus. You know, I mean, yes, yes. yes the way they, they start talking in like the same voices that the Nemodians do in episode right. one or whatever. And it, that's where the problematic pieces of that is a lot of the language. Yes. And the stuff, even if the the premise of it is something that might be progressive some of the portrayal is regressive so yes it has its problems but again it, it's something to to put out there and you know well so much we so right at, now um, people are petitioning what's disneyland the thing, what's the thing that we're just, 
it, it, I was watching the honest trailers for Friends. Yeah. On, on it, you know, that, that um, uh, well, I can't remember the name of that company, whatever that media company is. And one of the things that we noticed in Friends that they bring up in it is there is so much homophobia in the first few seasons oh, of yeah. Friends, especially yeah. between Joey and Chandler. Yep. And it's stuff now you look at and go, oh, you would never do that now. And it, but it it's airs. Just, it's just presented as a funny homophobia of, you know, hashtag no homo or whatever. Uh huh. But now you wouldn't do that because, you know, the, the, the long suited campaign of to stop calling stuff that you don't like gay because what's wrong with being gay? There's nothing wrong with being gay. So why are we doing that? And yet, it showed, so that the, show the, is yeah, shown at least. Kind of for anything. Yeah, and that show is shown at least 40 times a day. Yeah, and also the fact that there are three black people in 20 seasons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we, we're talking about Song of the South. Um, there's a petition going around right now to change uh, Splash Mountain at Disneyland because there's it is for everything. Yes, because it is related to Song of the South because of the stereotypical voices and everything, which to be. Fair to the movie and the ride. Song of the South, isn't it? You getting out of the out of the. Briar? The song is Zippity Doodah. Yeah, but it's it's also isn't the end of it. You getting into or out of the Briar Patch or something like that. Yes, I've never ridden it because there's no way I'm going down that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you are in the Briar Patch, but yeah. but a lot of it has, and with the movie, a lot of the problem is the voices, like you said before, you know the yeah. language and the way the voices are portrayed. Which, back in that period, people spoke like that. You know, they, they some people say it's you know the Aunt Jemima voice. Remember the old Aunt Jemima commercials? The, mm -hmm. She had that same type of. Did I, listen I guess to Jack what they Benny called the, the mammy voice or something. My mom. So Jack yeah. Benny had a had a uh, the Jack Benny show. The uh, the butler was African American, and it was very. Well, which must you know? It's oh, a yeah, voice yeah. that. If you heard it now, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's not allowed. No, it's totally, it's, it, it's, it's not allowed, but if you look at some of these movies, you know, Gone with the Wind obviously has that as well. It's the way it was, the way people spoke in that period. You know, it's not trying to make fun of it. You know, it. it yes, I, but it's also. You don't necessarily. Not everybody spoke that way. So no, you that's can true. To, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's, I, it's a slippery slope. I totally agree with an educational disclaimer with these with these type of movies. I think is needed, and even even you know you could do it with two sides of you know both sides of the the situation of why it was done, you know how it's offensive, how we've grown past this. You know, but these movies still have a place. Well, we've tried to grow. We're hoping to grow past it now. But the way yes. that these things are betrayed. But, but for the but to get back on topic, DC movies that are you know, I think HBO Max launched prematurely. I think they should have waited till they had more original content to to, you know, release. <laughs> Instead of releasing, and then all of a sudden having to drop, you know, at least seventeen DC movies. Well, again, if you had a clear cut picture as to where they're going, or if just wait until you can combine it with DC Universe and 
and do it that way. I it just I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I it, it is you know first off, like we were talking last week, it's not available on the two most popular platforms. Mm-hmm. The way that you can consume streaming services, it's now losing a bunch of movies that people that had DC Universe or have DC Universe, they got HBO Max specifically for these films, some of the biggest uh, uh, DC films, maybe the biggest in Wonder Woman in terms of like money and cultural impact, and now they're gone. Yeah. Or they will be gone. Yeah. You know, like the, my friend Doug who got it, he, he mentioned it, like he, the second day he had it, he sees the screen, it's like, hurry fast, these 11 movies or whatever are disappearing in a week. He's like, I just got this. <laughs> I know, right? But it's all contractually, yeah, it's all contractually from existing contracts with HBO. But it's weird is uh, Disney has it in reverse. You know, they have movies that they're waiting to get onto their service opposed to putting them on the service and losing them real quick. It feels like Disney is going through whatever it needs to do in order to reclaim all of its content. And Time Warner is not. But there is a lot of Disney content on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, because it's all stuff that HBO bought, not thinking they would have, you know, or Disney selling it to them to show on HBO and going, well, who knows when they'll ever have a streaming service so we can sell them Black Panther or something or whatever to be able to show it on cable. It's really really weird. But even then, I mean, if you're Disney Plus, do you really care if something like, I'm using Black Panther's examples on HBO Max, because no one's buying HBO Max thinking, well, I'm going to get HBO Max because Black Panther's on it. Right. They would have gotten Disney Plus already. Yeah. But it's really weird to think that on Disney Plus, before long, you're going to have a Mighty Ducks series, but you can't watch the Mighty Ducks movies unless you have HBO Max. That's not a bad thing. I know. Um, You know what a good thing is? We talked about Bill and Ted last week, and then we got the trailer this week. For Bill and Ted Face the Music. I like and, that title. Huh? I like that title. I like that title. I like the title. I think it, it's very um, intuitive to the plot. And at first, I, I was like, wow, uh, Keanu looks really old. Well, they are me. supposed to be old. But yeah, but I just thought that, you know, um, Alex Winter looks a lot better. But you made the comment in our thread about how you they per, possibly made them purposely look that way to show where they are and what you know that they failed basically. Yeah, it is kind of funny that when you were watching that that trailer is one of the problems that all of these sequels have with that extreme amount of time is the only interesting thing you can do is everything has to be bad. Right. So the bad thing to me is when you get to the end of Bogus Journey, they're supposed to save the future. Uh-huh. Against the anomalous and everything in there. Gal gave rock and roll to you, which has been stuck in my head ever since that <laughs> moment. And they fix the future and everything's fine because you never think you're doing another one. Here you are two decades later going, okay, we're going to do another one. But if they fix the world in the first one, at the end of the second, well, I guess the second one, but, you know, in the last one, if they fix the world at the end, there's no story to tell. So it has to be something bad. But they fix it. kind of sucks. You walk out of Bill and Ted's bogus journey going, oh, I feel so good. They saved the world. Music saved the world. 
the two guys learn how to play. They have babies. The babes are playing. Oh, man, you can't call them babes anymore either. Um, but that was in the uh, 80s. So how if they saved the world in the 80s, how do you undo the well, timeline? Well, uh, Bogus Journey's in the 90s. Or 90s. Yeah, Bogus Journey, I think, was after high school. Um, but once they... That's the thing. Is once they save the future, they save the future. It doesn't matter when they save it, because that's they, how the novels. They go back to the. They go back. You know, they they realize they can't play, so they, they go, go back to the battle of the bands. Yes, and they play. They get you know they learn everything in the future, and we see we see that future that Rufus comes from is saved by, it's created by the Bill and Ted, and but that, then but it's still the Terminator the, robots. The evil robot uses are sent back to to destroy them. Bogus oh, Journey was ninety one. Ninety one. There you go. Bogus Journey is fantastic. Oh, it's amazing! It's one of the best sequels. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Um, and I, I seem to remember that William Sadler was in this, and sure enough, he is. Yeah. So I'm in the trailer. We're glad he's back as death, and I don't know. Hopefully, it'll it'll be. It'll be interesting to see because that kind of that kind of uh, you know Beavis and Butthead, the dumb Simpsons, the Homer Simpson being dumb. That kind of humor is not as in fashion now, right? You know, because these two are are obvious doofuses. Um, but we'll see what you can do with it and how played it's going to be. Speaking of 80s movies that are getting a reboot, the last Starfighter, Ethan Benjamin is here. Yes, I am I am an 80s reboot. <laughs> There's so many puns, so many things that could be said, but we'll just move along. So the last Starfighter is actually getting a sequel. So it is getting a true reboot of the franchise. Is the same actor? Um no. Did that guy ever have a job after uh Last Starfighter? <laughs> uh, yeah, Burger King. The Last Starfighter was who was the actor? I was Alex Rogan was the character. Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Um Alex Rogan was Lance Guest. He also played Beta in it because he played a, uh, a you know, robot version of himself. Wow. You got to love some of his body of work. Jaws the Revenge, Halloween 2, nope. Target Favorite Son. Target's Favorite Son? Target Favorite Son is the title of the book. Well, it's called Favorite Son, but it's the, the promo picture says Target Favorite Son. Wow. And he's still well, he, he's still kind of working doing shorts. He played like Johnny Cash on Late Night with Jimmy or... Fallon. He played Jimmy uh, uh Johnny Cash on le- the Late Show with David Letterman. Uh he was in the TV series Jericho. Did an episode of House. Uh he was on Party of 5. Everybody was on Party of Five. <laughs> he was in Nothing the X Files. Really recently. 
Everybody was on the X Files. Wonder Years, Knots Landing. Okay, so we've established that he had a job after last. Starfighter. He had a job after the last Starfighter. Not much of it. Is job. he in the last Starfighter too? Electric Boogaloo. I doesn't say. They did show is some. There, uh, I was gonna say, is there a cast list for it? Like, no. Would, he, would we already know if he was in it or not? No, but they have shown some concept art, which looks amazing. Um. They show the Starfighter, and they show, you know, uh, it landing in, like, a couple futuristic cities. Um, the co-writer the is John... Cool. What? The concept art can look cool, but, you know, when I think when it comes to reality, sometimes they, they change it so much that it could change the, the look of it. Well, the concept artist is Matt Aslop, who was the lead concept artist for Rogue One. Uh, Jonathan Batul, B-E-T-U-E-L, Batul, I guess, is the co uh, oh. is one of the co-writers with Gary uh, Gary Witta, who wrote Rogue One. Who wrote Rogue One? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a feeling it's going to have a very. Well, I guess it won't really have a Rogue One feel per se. Well, if there's a Death Star in it, yes, it will. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got 30 years between films, 25 years. Between, oh, that was more than 25. Because that was, that was before. Last Starfighter was 1984, I believe. Jesus. 1984. Wow. The year Older before Ethan was born. <laughs> that, is, that is a movie that a lot of people I know have a deep connection to that I saw maybe twice. I think because it wasn't Star Wars, I was like, I didn't care. <laughs> so, so, Last no, Starfire was one of the very first. One of your favorites, huh? Isn't that one of your favorites? Last Starfire, fighter. Yeah, yeah. It's also one of uh, one of um, Sebastian's favorites too. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I always love the idea that some you know kid could sit down and play a video game and get taken to space. So you, when you went to Twilt, then you went to Tilt in the mall. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting ready to fight aliens. I guess that's one one reason why I love uh, uh, Ernest Klein's Armada book so much, because it's got that premise that you know, all you know that the movies and even a movie like The Last Starfighter was all you know preparing Earth and people to be conditioned to uh, fight you know an evil armada from the stars. Hulu's Future Man's kind of like that, too. But, yeah, no, it's the last, far, last, last Fart Fighter. The Last Starfighter was one of the first really CG-heavy movies. And they, remember how the... if you if, Have you gone back and watched it since it's on uh, Disney Plus? No, I don't think I have. It is very, very... It's like a, it looks like a, a cheap video game now. Yeah, of course. It's done in the eighties. So. so yeah, but, um, let's see. According to news, the film's ending was practically uh, begged for a follow-up, considering the state of the frontier, Zer's escape, and Alex's younger brother Lewis beginning his own training. 
but it doesn't really give uh, what it told Geek Tyrant. Jonathan Vatil created and wrote the original movie. It was his, it was all his idea, the spec script he wrote while he was working as a waiter at Hollywood in the 1980s. There was a whole bidding war over the script in all the years. Hence, whenever it's brought up with the idea of a Starfighter reboot, in meetings, people would always convey excitement and say it's impossible because the rights are a mess. I happened to track John down, and after I was done pestering him with a fanboy questions about the original film, we talked about what a new version might look like. Since then, we've spent many hours working on a long-since-lost cause. Uh, but right now, we have fully developed a story that is a, a combination of a reboot and a sequel. See, they're still using reboot as a reimagining. Instead of re, you know, reigniting or rebooting the the franchise. And, Do you hear me? Now? Huh? There we go. So I've missed like the last five minutes of the show. Oh. You you froze and I started talking and no one heard me and then it dropped it and then when I tried to call back it wouldn't answer. So I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I was just reading what uh, Witta's uh, Geek Tyrant interview was about. You know about the. Uh, how it, how the idea for the sequel came about, um, but they're calling it a re, the combination of a reboot and a sequel. As I was just saying that you know they're using the reboot as a reimagining instead of a reigniting of it. Well, yeah, reimagining reimagining would be that they're redoing kind of like what Ghostbusters the female version was, whereas a reboot Correct. would be what Jurassic World was. Correct. And then everyone just screams, it doesn't matter, just call it whatever you want. Yeah. Let's okay, see, we buddy. both think it honors the legacy of the original film while passing the torch to a new generation. We're both very excited about it creatively. But there's no word of plot or, you know, if anyone's returning or whatnot. Is it the big crossover with Enemy Mind? <laughs> yeah. I, Enemy bad Mind guy. is another one I love so much. Well, the bad guys in Enemy Mind look very much like the the other dude, the helper dude in Last Starfighter, doesn't yes. it? They I look very, right? very similar. There's the there's the plot line. Enemy Mind is that guy's that guy teaches the human on Earth and becomes his friend, and he actually is fighting against humans, and so he's betraying his people. I was so in love with uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, too. Maggie? You gotta love all the uh, the three names that everybody had back then. I <laughs> know, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm excited. There is no timeline or anything with this yet. It's still just early developments. But I, this is one I'm excited for. It, you know, with that, with the, the stuff like Punky Brewster coming back to TV... You know, we're getting a lot of the 80s again. Now the thing is, is, we had a lot of the 80s being rebooted, and then it became a lot of 90s stuff, and now it's like, well, no, we didn't do everything in the 80s, so yeah, let's do everything in the 80s now. We need a Gremlins yeah. reboot. We need no, a... No, we don't. We're we getting one. Goonies we're getting, we're getting a cartoon, aren't we? Uh, the so, yeah. There's talk of doing a movie, too, but... I you say we need, need Felix to. the cat? 
Yeah, there there is talk of doing Felix again. Wow. And what was the other the one? There was there was Felix. There was Garfield. And what was the other one? Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Yes. Heathcliff was the trash monster. Yes, it was. I loved it. Was like a real, he was a real alley cat. Do like you remember the time people came up with original ideas, though? No, because there are no original ideas left. Because anytime you're like, oh, we're going to do a movie about an alley cat who has a bad attitude, let's do Heathcliff. <laughs> Look, it's been three decades since we've had, you know, last Starfire. Original ideas? Holy shit. The fucking slide comes back? Are you kidding me? Well. Badass. Sorry, I'm all excited about my punch figure. Um, yeah, so it gets to be, and that is part of it is redoing some of this stuff is because there's a new generation that can, you know, fall in love with Punky Brewster again and feel weirdly sexually attracted to her. She still looks hot. Oh my god. Um, hot lives matter. <laughs> wow. You know whose lives do matter? X-Men's lives matter. Um, do they? So there, I mean, I know we've been talking about, people have been talking about X-Men, you know, since last year when the the merger, buyout, or purchase, whatever you want to call it, happened. Um, <laughs> you know, we a lot of people were hoping that at the end, at the end of Endgame we'd get something, you know. But there's some speculation now that the MCU X-Men team is being put together. I mean, we had the, the quickly debunked uh, rumor, big rumor that Beyonce was going to be uh, storm starting in what black Panther two for three minutes or like four seconds. Yeah. Is the it funny thing about that story though, is every article that I found was talking about how she's been meeting with, Disney. And as we know, Disney owns like everything now. So she could be working on any project, really. They could have went in and said, where's my my residual check for uh, Lion King? Yeah. You know, that's I'm going to have my husband and his drug friends come and beat you up. Um, (laughs) But yeah, supposedly she signed a three three film deal for a hundred, was a hundred fifty million dollars. Something like that, yeah. And then Variety came out like minutes later and said, nope, that's not true. She may work with Disney in the future, but right now she has nothing going on with Disney. Also, I don't think $150 million really matters to her anymore. Right. Just F you money. So. She makes that like in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh So let's see. Marvel Studios, here's the explanation that was given so far by. Marvel scooper Mikey Sutton, whoever oh, okay. that is. Yep. Trust that guy. Real. He's from the Cosmic yeah. Wonder. You're from it, the Cosmic Wonder. It says, Marvel Studios' plan for the X-Men are indeed in early stages of development. The mutants are indeed coming to the MCU and will be introduced Avengers-style in other character films. They are currently looking at the initial lineup of the X-Men to include X-Men... Or, the X-Men lineup it could have been X-Man but you know to include Cyclops, Marvel Girl Thunderbird, Nightcrawler Sunfire, Havoc and Storm who will be coming in from Wakanda 
There's so much social justice warrioring. You're all like foreigners and gays. I can easily see Storm introduced in Black Panther. To me, that makes sense. That's the only one to me that makes sense out of all these things. They're like, oh, no, they're going to give us what's-his-face and in Black Widow, and they're going to give us this guy and this. And they're like, having Storm and Wakanda makes sense because it's the one thing that I think the MC, the, the publishing's like, I kind of wish we could go back and retcon that. Mm-hmm. But once mm-hmm. they introduced uh, Black Panther gains some sort of prominence again into the MCU. They could not, or no, it was in, um, gosh darn it, uh, House of M. And they yes. were married. They're like, boy, this is a great idea. Let's make this happen. Why didn't anybody else think of this? <laughs> so we made it happen in the regular book, and then they get divorced very quickly. <laughs> they get married, and then they get divorced very quickly because they put them in the middle of, you know, one of the mutant crises and T'Challa doesn't do enough or something. I don't even remember what it was. It was an interesting concept that never really paid off as well as it should, except for when the uh, Skrulls show up in Secret Invasion to Wakanda and get their asses handed to them. Now, here's the thing, though. Would you have Storm be your first introduction to the X-Men? Because we know Black Panther's coming up. It's already. I don't. I mean, honestly, I, I just... Yeah, I feel like the X-Men are still so far away, and this is just posturing. Sure. To me, it just is, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, Storm makes the most sense to be in a film. But it's it also seems the like easiest one to introduce. Something that would be, she'd be introduced as a background character that you kind of know is Storm. It's like all the X films that you went and saw, you're like, oh, I know that's Jubilee. But they don't name her as Jubilee, and it doesn't mean anything. But she's in the costume. So you see Homegirl using lightning or something and you go oh yeah that's supposed to be storm yeah but it's not like that she doesn't necessarily have a, a big role in the film or even a minor role in the film right yeah i would agree she would be the one to kind of introduce and get started if they wanted to start up start with introduction well like i said it's the easiest because you would just introduce her in wakanda where you're not trying to cram somebody in you know you know, putting uh, uh, putting uh, Thunderbird in, you know, Shang-Chi. You know, that might be a little crammed right. in. You're right. Put Sunfire in it. Maybe. Yeah. He's... Well, he's Chinese. Sunfire is Japanese. Traditionally, but they could also... Well, it doesn't really work if you make him... You know, there used to be a Chinese character named Sunfire. Did you say sunflower? So yeah, sunflower. That's gonna be the new one. Um, no, I know it's really early on too, uh, and I could, I don't. I mean, it's fun to speculate. If you're, if it's more of the question becomes, and the kind of fun thing you have is if you're doing an X team, it's kind of like me saying, if I were to introduce mutants into the Marvel universe, I would have made. Magneto, the, the bad guy in Avengers 6 or whatever the hell the next one is, 5 and a half, 14, whatever, and make Magneto the bad guy, the Avengers defeat him, and then we introduce the X-Men, you know, with with uh, Sam or something where it's like Professor X and Wolverine, Gene, and Cyclops who were behind him, and he's like, sorry, we, we, we weren't here. You know, we were in space or we were at the Shi'ar or whatever. We've got it next time. You shouldn't have had to handle that. And the idea that mutants have been 
secretly with us and that the the X-Men and, and other various entities have been taking care of them to a point that people don't know they exist. Right. I, I That would be my idea. And that's kind of the fun thing to play around. Like, what would your team from all of them be? And, you know, if you and think of it in a real world scenario, like this team kind of is, of course, you're going to have, uh, you know, we have an Asian character, we have a Native American character, we have um, an elf character. <laughs> uh, a blue uh, we character. have uh, a, a black character in, in Storm. Um, you know, it, the team is diverse as, as the giant size X-Men, the new X-Men were and, and done on purposely. So to make sure at the time Claremont was a team, an international team of these different characters that had differences, not only in their powers, but in their backgrounds. And it, and it, you know, made for a lot of tension and, and things for that. And so you do the same thing here. So you would think, like, what is the team you would really make? And if you give you the triumvirate of Wolverine. Well, if you notice, uh, Wolverine's missing from this initial lineup. Wolverine is missing from that because I'm sure they'll do Wolverine as his own film. Uh, but if you're, if, if I'm doing it, you use Wolverine, Cyclops, and Gene. And then as I'm putting the team together, Warbird actually makes a lot of sense to me as the strong character rather than Colossus. Um, Kurt's great because he's he's got a great design element and a really interesting power. I'd put Storm in, um, and I would probably I, I would go so far as to say, maybe to use a character like Angel, and and race swap Angel. There's really no reason that Angel can't be Asian or black or yeah. or anything, and be that same kind of super rich kid just to be of having that identity character be someone that you're telling everyone you can do this. You know, he's, he's, he's super rich and. Well, do you think they would have both summers? Do you think they'd have both summers on the team at one time? Cause they got havoc and. Yeah. Cause that's always an interesting dynamic too. And not make, uh, not make Alex the, the older of the two. How about making them twins? Yeah. I think the dynamic of older and younger works too. I mean, it, it, that's the, the, the weird thing from first class when we watched it is you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Havoc is older than, and again, it doesn't mean anything. It, them being brothers and kind of switching those roles was interesting. So, you know, it's not, you don't have to have one or the other, but in case, in this case, I would go backwards. Cause I think what you do is set up two separate teams. You know, you're having in the idea of, uh, you know, the, the kind of the first team and then the new team. You can even do the first film as sort of the idea of Giant Size X-Men, that there's these new X-Men, these kind of young hotshots in Havoc and Nightcrawler and Warpath and or Thunderbird and, and Storm versus Angel and Wolverine. Beast. Guys have been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to use Beast. <clears throat> okay, so on the same lines, Marvel's talking, still talking about doing a all-female Avengers-style film. A-Force! Basically, the problem A-Force. Is in, the, in the MCU, they haven't introduced enough people to really warrant that. Right. Yeah they, yeah, they could. 
there you go. <laughs> well, he did the pin. He um, dropped it. But I mean, okay, so you already know that that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is not coming back. What? So for like the fifteenth time, <laughs> right? Didn't she quit like ten times in a row? Something like that. Why wouldn't she come back? He needs money just like everybody else. <laughs> I love this. So it came from this came from the Independent, which is which is quoting. We've got we've got this covered in here quite a bit, and they're saying we've that according to this team, the team leader of the female lead is going to be She-Hawk, which will be introduced in her own show on Disney Plus. Who is She-Hawk? She-Hawk. There you go. Hey, it came from we got this covered. So. Or do I keep saying it's a cartoon and it's not really a cartoon? No, it's it's a live action. It is a live action. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, this one, this one's kind of more, uh, way more speculation than even an X-Men team. But you already have yeah, established. We, we know the X-Men are probably coming. This has never been confirmed in any way. Correct. And the rumor just seems to be wishful thinking to me. But that's just me. What do I know? Oh, yeah. According to this article, says an interest surrounding the additional characters of the X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four intensifies thanks to the comment made by a president uh, studio president Kevin Feige at Comic-Con 2019. The new rumor is suggesting that the Marvel Cinematic Universe women's characters could unite for a mashup project. You know, of course this all comes off of that great pose we got with all the women from uh, Endgame. But, yes, the very manufactured moment that takes you out of the end of Endgame. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, mean it's, it. it's a beautiful shot, but it does. It it's takes you cruel. right out of it. Look, you know, when you watch that over and over again to watch the portal scene, it really is dumb. Oh, yeah. The posturing when they come out, especially <laughs> Drax drives me crazy. Yes. That little, a little hop and then he just gets the knives and like, well, like, what are you doing? They're like, 40 yards away, bro. Spider-Man like, comes out. A <laughs> Spider-Man like, comes out, and the first thing he does is take off his mask. And they all take off their masks. It's just like the first Avengers poster is so stupid because it's all of them with their masks off. And you notice in the Battle of New York, it's just all, how do we get Cap's mask off? Yeah. How do we get, you know, uh, make sure all the shots of Tony are inside the suit and everything. And I get it. You've got, you've got you know, big stars in these and stuff like that. It's just kind of. It's just kind of funny, and yeah, the 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 same thing. Like Gwen Paltrow, you know, rescue f comes down in the hero pose, and then click, and the thing opens. Like, why is she open? You have no idea when these guys are going to attack. They've got huge lasers and missiles. Well, they even show Thanos spears. just kind of standing why there, dumbfounded. Why, you, why would you ever pop that open? You should never pop that open. Yeah. Like, you know, the only one that made any sense to me was was T'Challa because he comes out without it to be like, "Hey, Cap, what's up?" Right. Although he's not like he's not going to recognize Black Panther. Like, no, it's really me. And then <laughs> puts the thing on, you yep. know, and you come back. You come back. That music's on one of my Spotify soundtrack playlists, and man, it gets you going. Just makes you want to like go kill evil or stuff. Still one of the best parts of that movie. <laughs> Especially uh, with music and well, yeah, it was designed everything. to be. <laughs> well, yeah. So we got Hawkeye's working title this week. 
And this is only going to start Jeremy Renner for five minutes. It's definitely it's setting up title, the... but it's uh, you know that's that's the way they went with it. That was kind of interesting. It's definitely setting up the the arc from the from the comics though. But that well, was also just the original thing. Remember, plan Age of Ultron had anyway. nothing to do with the comic book Age of Ultron. That is very fact, true. The comic book Age of Ultron was probably made because the movie was called Age of Ultron. <laughs> that is very true. Talk about well, originally when Marvel they announced Hawkeye. When they announced Hawkeye, they said that it's basically a story of him passing on the torch to. Yes, either but his, the idea is that she's already. The idea in, in this story that Anchor they point. may be copying or may not uh, is she's already established. So there's not a lot of there's not a lot for Clint to do in the comic. Clint's not in it at all, really. Right. Because this is Kelly Thompson's run with Kate. But when I saw that, it felt like, OK, this is Jeremy Renner's going to be in like 10 minutes total out of eight episodes, which is fine if it's good. Who cares? Yeah. But that was kind of where I was like, okay, it's 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 kind of lip service to the fact that the Hawkeye we know is in it. You know, I hope he has a big role in it. I like him as Hawkeye a lot. Um, just got to get rid of that haircut, man. I have a feeling, uh, though, it'll be like, you know, I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be him coming in at the beginning for a little bit. Maybe, you know, almost like Tony in uh, in Homecoming. You know, Tony shows yeah. up in, in the beginning for a minute, then he's in the middle for uh, just a little bit, and then towards the end he's back for a second. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in it much at all. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Might be a, I mean, a we're time not, where we're not going to see it for another problem. five years, so it doesn't make any difference. Well, we do know WandaVision has started resuming its schedule because as of today, which is Friday the, what, 12th, uh, off by one. I literally had to look down because I almost said Friday the 13th. I was going to say, it's almost Friday the 13th. Um, as of today, Hollywood was able to go back into shooting and um, production. production yes. Shooting movies, not just shooting people, right? Right. Shooting mo okay. movies, television shows, etc. Well, maybe a little bit I of both. I, I was surprised that WandaVision shut down because you could have shot everything with Paul Bettany. Because he can't get sick because he's a robot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sure. I thought you were going to go with the CG at first. I'm like, well, you still need him in the mocap suit. But I was, I no, was thinking the voiceover. He's not a robot? Come on. He's a robot. Um, wow. So, I mean, he's like all robotic and stuff. I don't think he can get coronavirus. I wonder really how much more of this they have to shoot. Now, we know that, that Falcon well, and Winter Soldier... Why? It's, it's a virus, Chris. Of course he can get it. Oh, God, oh, that's stop. Strong. That's strong. That is strong. <laughs> um, I like that. Good job, Ethan. <laughs> there's Thank this you. one. I'm proud of my boy. We Thank know you, that Tim. we know that Falcon and Winter Soldier shut down when they were in Prague. That they were... Prague. But we... Right. And so... That one will have to, be, have to be finished, which that one was supposed to come out at the originally at the end of August. We're going to have yeah. an entire calendar year with no new Marvel product. Because I, I, I still don't think we're going to see Black Widow this year. You don't think it's going to be in November? No, because I don't, I don't think... If, if theaters are still at 25% capacity, I'm not releasing that. 
Because again, I don't have Disney. I don't, I got time to wait. I don't care. I don't you know. know. I think it, at that point, I think at that point, you're starting to to back yourself up. You're going to have to. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter if, if Shang-Chi comes out in 2021 or 2025. People are going to see it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's my thing is it's not. What are, you, what are you racing against? You've already established who you are. You've already established how successful you are. You've already established how quality you are. What are you worried about? I mean, I mean the, if anything, remember remember the fact that like the second highest grossing film in the MCU for the longest time was Iron Man 3 because people had to wait a year before they saw another Star, uh, Star Wars. Another um, excellent. Oh, go a whole show. Uh, uh, couldn't go a, a whole year without seeing Marvel characters. Right. So if if I'm Disney, and I'm not, because if I was, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. Um, sure you would. You'd be doing a Disney podcast. Yeah, but I'd be getting paid for it. Uh, if I'm <laughs> Disney... You're getting paid through... You're, you're, all but, you're all but bulletproof, so... There's no reason to wait, and it doesn't matter how backed up everything is, especially with the fact that you haven't shot anything. We don't know if Eternals is done. Probably Eternals isn't done, so that's not coming out anytime Well, we know soon. we know Eternals principle was done. We don't know if there was any pickups right. that needed to be. What the heck? That would be your phone. We didn't know if there was any pickups or anything like that that needed to be done. Yeah, but still, again, if if it's twenty five percent capacity for let's say every theater in the country, you're just doing 25% of the box office. Sure. And it's a film that, again, can they survive if it doesn't do well? Sure. But what do you, you can also survive if it doesn't come out until February of next year because you're Disney. Disney has no problem. You know, everyone's like, oh, Disney's in debt. They're in trouble. No, they're not. It's Disney. They're fine. They'll be fine. They can be in debt because they'll get it back in a week. Um, so I, I, I think, I think there's a very realistic chance and I would go over 50, 50. I think we're in the terms of almost 60, 40 right now that we won't see any new Marvel product this year, which could in the end be a good thing as saturated as we've been recently and as saturated as we would have been next year while also having two more films this year and two TV series this year you know, after the year of Endgame and, and Homecoming, to go an entire year and then on 2020 say there's three films, four films, four TV series, all in one year, and people will eat it up because you had that whole year where you were at home and you weren't watching new shit, new stuff. Um, almost got through it. I said Star Wars, and then I used a bad word. I'm well, you used the bad word. Uh, you used a couple bad words when you were playing with your <laughs> with your Punisher. I don't know if I used a bad word for yeah, it. Oh, maybe I did. oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because, the, dude, the slide comes back on his 45. Come on. You look at that. Where's the camera? There it is. It's over the other side of the stuff. Like, that is, chunk. Okay, you, like, that is pretty bad. Anyway, um, so I the, I don't remember. We're talking about think, WandaVision. The thing I'm thinking about regarding Black Widow and why Disney would want to wait on that one is because it's another female-led film. And they want to say that, hey, look, we can make female-led films and have them be successful. And if they release it now, that may screw the numbers and make it seem like it was a flop and then give, you know, 
arguments that, oh, you don't need a female-led superhero film because look at Black Widow, it sucks. When they couldn't have a full theater capacity to sell tickets. It's a good point. A film that probably has to do well so that you don't give any ammunition to people that are like, no, don't make another. We don't want a rescue film because men with penises are the only things that a worker needs to see right now. Right. <sighs> but yeah, I think I think they wait until everything is is a hundred percent, and then they put that film out, and it's going to destroy. Well, you know what's not destroying is the figures because they're just sitting on the shelves because because there is no film, and they're looking at some of these characters going, I I don't know who this is. Right. I I mean I can see some. I haven't seen. I've seen the the regular Black Widow once. I've seen the White Widow once. The Newberry Park. Tar- target the end cap is completely full with each one of the characters. Yeah, the only one I don't I see. The, the only one I haven't seen on there is the Winter Soldier uh, Legends character. I don't, I don't remember if I saw Pat Taskmaster on there either, but I, uh, Taskmaster is another one that I've only seen a couple times. Yeah, well, I mean, it's no Lando, so yeah, that's true. Um, but you know what you won't be seeing if you don't have your passes already renewed, is Disneyland. Disneyland's reopening July 9th for the downtown district, downtown Disney district and July 17th on the anniversary of Disneyland's opening, they will reopen Disneyland and Disneyland, California. Maybe with, with the asterisk. Maybe. Maybe (laughs) there is a maybe cases. Cases are rising fairly quickly again. Yes, they are. Most places uh, you know, easing the restrictions like here in Ventura County, we've been hailed as, you know, one of the, the lowest per capita number of cases. And then last weekend we were on the watch list because the number of cases percentage wise increasing is insane. Well, I just saw them uh, loading up the forum with uh, beds and everything like that, getting ready yep. for, for extra uh, help. Uh, so the hotels for Disneyland will open on July 23rd, possibly. But here's the thing. If you are, if you don't have for pass holders, if you haven't already renewed your pass and your, your pass is up, you will not be renewing your pass for a while because they are going to limit the number of pass holders and tickets so that we can control the capacity. Well, right. they're just limiting the capacity at twenty five percent. Yes, but they, that means that if you're a pass holder and your pass is expired, say now, and you haven't renewed it, you're not going to have the opportunity to renew it for several months. Well, yeah, you could always have. I mean, depending on your your level, you always have that. I mean, for oh, there's something else here. Uh, mine because my pass doesn't exist anymore. If I don't renew it, I can't get it. Right. So I noticed that it's weird because my date didn't change for renewal, but Melissa did, which means I'm very confused because they should have moved my renewal date. And mine is in the same month, so I have to look at what well, that is. Yeah, gave, we looked at I think it, they gave you the Melissa option. Melissa had mentioned of possibly going on the 17th, and I was very shocked very quickly, and then she backtracked. Not backtracked. She rolled it back, and for rightly so, because it was just going to be a mess to try and go. Um, yeah, it's and like obviously there's you no... Know, figure out how their concerns work and and let them you know for the last month or so we were talking about whenever it does open I'm just kind of hanging back for a little bit letting them work out the kinks it's kind of like 
you know, not buying a game system the day it comes out. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, as people, you know, go through the kinks or the new Apple product or whatever, everyone goes out and buys it. And it's like, well, my phone doesn't work. It's like, oh, yeah, we forgot to put in the thing that makes it work. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, our passes, you know, so we're, some, we're able to go on that. the 17th to California. We, we have July for California, but we don't have Disneyland until July, or excuse me, the 17th of August. So The we, interesting thing is for our pass, our pass is usually blocked out until like the last two days of August, right? Yeah. Whatever the last, the last week of August, it's like Wednesday, Thursday. Our pass is good for the middle of the week for three weeks in August. Yeah. Which is very interesting but we'll 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 see i mean it's also kind of wondering how much is going to be open um you know there's a long list of the gyms are starting to open here in ventura county so i got an email from my gym as to kind of what you can and can't do although there's nothing on it about doing a pool which is interesting um in terms of disney it'll be fascinating to see you know they're like 25 percent capacity you get there early enough, man, and you can get in. That day's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, that's insane. And that's sort of the, the only thing that I say is, like, I really want to just, like, go camp out. Because, dude, if I can get in, woo! Because well, I, I saw, I think Walt Disney World was talking about out. the fact that they were suspending, uh, Walt Disney World was saying they were suspending max passes because of the limited capacity. Yep. It's like, you don't need them. Like, it was, it was mm-hmm. like, damn, that going to be awesome. It'd be like a rain day, except it'll be 104 degrees. Yeah. So um, we mentioned earlier that there is a uh, petition to have, that's beautiful, uh, a petition to have um, uh, Splash Mountain changed. They wanted, and the rumor is that they want to change, that people are wanting to change it to the Princess and the Frog. Nope. Yeah. So it'll still have that, that southern feel that, you know, you'll go through the swamp and things like that. Yeah, but what are you going to do with all the uh, what with all the America Sings characters? Because that's all that's in there. Yep. Ninety percent of those animatronics are are uh, America Sings. That is giving me a yeah. Uh So hey, here's something interesting as Chris pushes his star Wars novel in our faces on the, the computer. Not like one I wrote. Cause I would totally be doing that. Like read this. Damn it. It's mine. <laughs> uh, you and McGregor's brother, Colin Lord McGregor. is a pilot for the Royal air force. And his a- aviator nickname is Obi-Wan uh, Obi two. Obi two. I think that is so cool. And he looks just like Ewan. This has been a story for like two years. I haven't seen it. I don't it. know why. Why was this? I didn't understand why this was was making the rounds again this week. Because I remember seeing, you know, I, I I don't think I ever said anything about it last year, or the year before, or whatever. But when it comes out, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I saw that. That uh, was kind of funny. But yeah, um, so LB two is a great one. LB two is a great one. <laughs> You know what's um, making the rounds that's getting a lot of attention and a lot of memes is the new PlayStation 5. I've seen so many different pictures that people have taken binders and put it around, uh, you know, like routers and things like that to make the design. Or the old PlayStation 2. 
or the old PlayStation, oh, the PlayStation 2. I saw was, yeah, a white, a white three-ring binder that was on the outside of a PlayStation 2. Yeah. <laughs> Which, funny also, enough, like I've seen a lot, of, uh, a lot of Photoshopped ones where they're making their own, like, custom versions. Like, uh, uh, Boss Logic did, like, a Pikachu one where it's all yellow, but it's got a Pikachu, Pikachu design on it. Uh, one with a Spider-Man. Uh, and someone put a, a Spider-Man that's uh, from the train scene in Spider-Man 2 where he's uh, trying to stop the train from falling off the edge of the track. And so you know how he's got the web shot out to the buildings on the side? They got Spider-Man in the middle of the uh, of the two sides the, of the, the black. PS5. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so there's going to be two versions of the PS5. We found out that there's going to be a strictly digital one with no drive in it at all. And then you'll have a traditional hard, uh, excuse me, CD-ROM drive or Blu-ray drive in the other one, in the second version. No price points right. been given yet. $600. Uh, the controller, do you remember the Boomerang controller that they showed years ago for like the PlayStation? The Boomerang controller that every single time, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, all of them had, oh, the Boomerang controller is finally coming. First off, before we get into the Boomerang controller, do you see the size of this thing? It's huge. It's significantly yeah. taller than the other ones, and it, it looks like it can only stand up on its side, right? It can, no, it can go on. It can go on its side. Can you put it down? But here's uh, the thing: a lot of people are saying. When I was younger, and I got the PS2. That was like the coolest thing. I'm like, oh, I can stand up the PS2, man. This is so cool. Well, a lot of a lot of people are saying the same thing: is that the PlayStation Two, you could lay it down, but it would get hotter when you laid it down. It was they wanted it to be more of a standing unit. And I think they went this way because the X, the new Xbox coming out is more of a tower like this that stands up. You know, it's not as wide or as big as this. It's more like, you know, just kind of a, a monolith tower that's there. I didn't but, see it. Someone said, you know, once, once the PS5 gets this big and it looks like a tower, you might as well just buy a PC. And the first guy after it says, you can't play these games on PC. These are controller <laughs> games. <laughs> But yeah, the controller has a little bit of that boomerang look to it. Uh, that, the, the one thing that keeps me away from those things is, is the controller looks so bulky, and my apparently tiny little hands suck with them. I miss the old Pelican controllers where you could, you know, the the, the second trigger was closer to where the where the handle was. It just felt so much more natural than than putting the two at the end, and I'm like, I can't hold it well enough, and it just flies off my hand. Well, we got to look Every at time it. there's a new system, boy, I tell you, I think about it. I think about it. I haven't had a system since it, too. I'm not a game guy at all. But then I also look over and, like, I have six short boxes of comics I need to read. When am I going to have time to play video games? Well, see, you'll have all the way till December before you can get this one or the Xbox. So you have plenty of time. Um, mm, I've gone through three months reading, of coronavirus right? lockdown, and I haven't read anything, so. We did get a look at the Spider-Man, a new Spider-Man game, which is featuring Miles Morales. It looks, it looks almost like it's picking up a little bit after the the last uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game. Supposedly, it's a skin. It's a close to a skin. It's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a new game. No, are are you sure? Something I saw said it's not a new game. It's basically it's it's taking the elements of the other one and, and kind of jumbling them up. And I could be wrong, a, but that was the criticism I saw very early was that people said, "No, it's not a new game." It seemed like it was a, a new lot of game from the trailer. From the trailer, yeah, 
Yeah, cutscenes might it's be new, but the gameplay like is going to be exactly the same. Oh yeah, well that's the same with the Batman games too. The Batman games all all functioned the same way. They played the same way. It was just a different story. Because because in in the Spider Man game, you see Miles get his power, and and uh, so you, he's kind of working alongside Peter. You know, you have a couple missions where you're kind of working aside, alongside Peter. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Um, but we also saw we got a, a look at The Last of Us Two. I think the Resident Evil. We gotta wait for uh, Ethan to play Last of Us One. (laughs) Oh, I finished that. Now I gotta wait three years before I play this one. (laughs) Well, no, it was a couple years ago. So this this is the weekend that E3 was supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why we're getting the news now. On Monday, we're getting our first look at EA's new Star Wars game. Which looks to be Alphabet Squad, doesn't it? It's a squadron game, yes, but I don't think it's Alphabet Squad. Because I think it takes place during the OT. Like it, during the obviously, because it, it gives you... It, but I could, be, I could be wrong. Yeah, I just I kind of like scrolled through other people talking about this stuff. And did you go to the... To did you go to the... Uh, to the to the trailer that they showed cuz it just gives you coming monday or something no i just i just saw the the thing there the the poster that poster is awesome yeah uh, uh yeah i want that poster awuga awuga breaking news breaking news matrix 4 delayed nearly a full year wow just putting it right in the middle of there Brilliant. matrix 4's latest yeah. movie receive a new release date it will now be announced Released on April first, twenty twenty-two, nearly a full year after it's previously announced. No, I'm not. I don't need to hit all these ads. God, I hate this. Uh, I go all the way back up to this stupid thing. Reading on my phone sucks. Holy crap! I don't need like a whole thing. Uh, uh, previously announced date of May 21, 2021. So instead of May 2021, it's April 2022. Early in the afternoon, Warner announced it was delaying Wonder Woman 1984 from its August spot this year to a cool October release. Never really, never wanted, why would you ever put it in August? Christopher Nolan's tenant has been bumped at least two weeks. Uh, production was aiming to restart in July after being shut down for a solid portion of 2020. Recent wow. reviews with higher production for to two. Yeah, I mean, it's just obviously everyone's just kind of moving. Well, if you get so they're they're trying to put Wonder Woman out a month before what is potentially the release of uh, of uh, Black Widow. Yeah, that's why it's, it's part of the other reason. I just don't think that's happening. Uh, Disney's live action Mulan will be the first major film released into recently reopened movie theaters after Warner Brothers shifted director Christopher Nolan's Tenet. July 17th, July 31st, one week after Milan, now scheduled July 21st opening. So everyone who says, we're going to go to Disney, yeah. it looks like it's going to, it looks like they're shooting for July 24th. Wow. We shall see. Thanks for sending an email. Yeah, no, right? That was loud. That was like <laughs> super loud. 
Um, so yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot more obviously news we'll have next week with you know from EA. I'm sure there's going to be some from Ubisoft, Xbox, everybody else. Yeah, because that'll all be coming out this weekend. EA is going to announce that uh, everything is going to cost you more money as soon as you put it in there. Once you put it into your system, you put the disc in, you got to give us $5 in order for the disc to start spinning. And then you well, have for the to. the first update, you have to pay $25 for it. I was it. just going to say you have to pay a service fee for yeah. the first update, which will take you three hours just to, to turn on the system. Three hours if you're lucky, maybe three days. <laughs> like seven gigabytes. That's, that's, that's the other thing in me not wanting to get a new system is like, boy, I have to redo my entire internet for the store or for the store for the house because it's nowhere near strong enough to play these games. Even as we, and and also the fact that so many of them are just internet games that we're just sort of like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to play. Well, that's the difference now. I think that that five year old in Brazil who keeps kicking our ass at Halo. <laughs> mama, I want to no no well, mama think... one more day. I want to beat the Americans. <laughs> No, I think uh, a lot of the games are now shifting to story-based rather than only online because they saw, they saw that it worked for maybe a year, but then people stopped playing them because they oh, had really nothing else to play. Oh, it worked for know, more than a year. It worked for more than a year. It was like five years where everything was just... Oh, hey. no, I know they were keep making games for it, but I think it was only big really for like a year or two that people really enjoyed playing just online-only games, but... After that, it was just kind of like, well, I want a story now. Why am I paying so much money for a game? But even no games story? like Call of Duty gave you a story, but the biggest thing was the online. I mean, it gave you a story for 45 minutes, and then... Right. Well, speaking like, of which, hey, Call of Duty and uh, Battlefront are the Duty. two free games this month for uh, PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Duty. Duty. All right, so you guys got anything else? No, because I can't find any no. of those damn stories about... About the PlayStation game, I think game, the Spidey game. There we go. I love that thing game. <laughs> so they put the Xbox is Obi Wan Kenobi, and then the PlayStation Five is is Grievous. <laughs> it's got the black in the middle of the white, and then they put the four arms. You know, they digitally put it at the top. General Kenobi. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I see so my it. favorite is the Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. yeah, I see it. That's that's pretty ingenious right there. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good weekend. I will. Uh, I will think of you a bit while well, I'm in Big Bear this weekend. Why? I don't know. I won't. I was yeah, trying to don't, be catch, nice. don't catch the Rona. I think Big Bear's been open for a while. Is there a fire in Newbury Park? Because I can smell... There's a fire everywhere. Everything is on fire. We have fire season. has come super early because it was, like, stupidly dry this fire week. Out there. Huh. All right, so make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show and on Instagram as Nerdables. So for Chris and Ethan, thank you for joining us. I'm R.A. saying we'll talk to you next week. It's like you almost forgot his name. I know, right? Bye. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. See you. All right. Have fun. Bye. Bye.